Welcome to Shooting the Shit. I'm Alex. And I'm Oscar. We were random roommates. And now we're random bestmates. All right, Natalie. From here on out, we're going to call you Yen because that's actually what we know you by at Camp Kesem. Thank you so much for your time. We know you're, you're a busy person over there at Stanford. But yeah, just to kick things off, would you mind introducing yourself? And we, we ask people what their maker story is, but if that's too stressful of a, of a label, just, you know, I'm genuinely curious how you found mechanical engineering as a, an interest in discipline. Okay, that's story I can tell. Uh, <laughs> okay, sweet. Okay, I'll introduce myself. My name is Natalie. Um, I am a first year coder master's student in mechanical engineering. Um, I'm in the product realization track too. So taking those good PRL making courses. So I actually started my undergrad, um, like going into undergrad, I wanted to do like bioengineering, uh, which is pretty wild um, since I like plants a lot. And so I figured, you know, bio, like I loved bio class. We learned about plants there. So like engineering, that sounds pretty cool. So combine them together and it's like engineering plus plants. Um, so I learned that's not the case. Actually, bioengineering is like human bio, like medical stuff, very cool, uh, but not my thing. Can't do medical, it's scary. So I switched, I pivoted to chemical engineering, um, even though I hated chemistry, always hated chemistry. <laughs> my favorite, I would like chemical engineering because it's so, you can like take it so many different places. It's so interdisciplinary. So uh, I tried that. Me um, in the meantime, like I was also shopping like environmental engineering, earth systems, super duper into nature but then I wanted some technical skills so eventually after like two quarters of organic chemistry I figured that I really didn't vibe with chemistry yeah chemistry was not for me did not enjoy chemical engineering very glad uh, I'm no, no longer there but it's a lovely major for all those people in it um, lovely major so actually on Thanksgiving or Christmas break um, my two older two of my older siblings are mechanical engineers so they were like why don't you just do mechanical engineering? And I was like, I can't, I can't major in mechanical engineering because I don't know anything about mechanical engineering. Like I've, I've never done that before. But then I realized pivotal moment that college is for learning. So this is huge. So I started taking some classes my sophomore winter and I realized that I could learn mechanical engineering and it was very fun never looked back very glad i switched in this major um and then i quickly realized i love the design side especially with me203 which i took junior fall and making like my first thing was like the best experience like of that whole year and then i realized i could make more things in this major and i could just take a bunch of classes where i learned to make things better and design things better and I get to teach people how to design things better um, and make things too. So, so that's, yeah, that's sort of my journey into this particular field. Did not realize I would end up here four years ago. Definitely didn't. So it's a surprise for sure. Yeah, you, you took the, the long way towards mechanical engineering, but I'm glad it's working out for you. Long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at one point, did you decide that you wanted to uh, move into the PRL course assistant role? And maybe could you give like a little bit of background on that for people who might not be familiar with it? 
Oh yeah, okay, the course assistant role. Oh, so first the, the PRL is the product realization lab. Um, and that's like the main uh, sort of makers space for like engineering and like related uh, disciplines at Stanford. We have the machine shop in building 610. We have woodworking lab, the foundry, the welding room, all in that area. And then the room 36 prototyping lab. So those are the main areas I am technically working in. Well, I would be working in physically if not for COVID, uh, but I have stopped by there. So when did I want to be a CA? So the first time I'd ever like even heard of the PRL was was junior fall when I was taking ME203. And I just heard things about ME203 like, oh, which is, which is design and manufacturing, that class. So I'd heard things about that. Basically, you know, like ME203 consumes your life. You'll get no sleep. You're like, you'll die, but then it's worth it. So like you'll be reborn and stuff like that. So I was kind of nervous um, going in. And I was like, especially nervous with those like structured labs we do where we had to like make the, like learn how to make a magnifying glass on the manual mill and the lathe, um, which I had no idea how to do before. But like, I realized like once I got in there, the, the CAs were like so helpful and so kind and really patient with me as I asked them like question after question after question. And I was like, oh, do I set it up this way? And they're like, yes. And I was like, are you sure? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, you're good. And then I'd like call them over just to like, look at me do it to make sure I didn't mess it up. And I'd still mess it up sometimes, but it was all okay. So like having that experience, like with those like wonderful teachers uh, was amazing. And seeing people like basically my age in that role uh, was really inspiring for me. So, so I continued loving those PRL courses in the next two years. And then I think senior year, which was just last year, it's crazy. Wow, that's crazy. Um, I saw this sign a couple places around the PRL, like on the bathroom, like, you know, up at the door of the CAD loft, you know, at the main door, et cetera, um, that said that applications were now open for the CA ship. And I had never actually considered like becoming a CA because they just seemed so distinguished and like so knowledgeable and so like, next level but then i realized that i did want to spend as much time as i could in the prl and then i also wanted to make like me 203 experience and like any other course experience like that i wanted to make it as magical as it was for me for like other students it was super duper impactful but like i wanted to sort of like pass it for give back in that way and like be a bigger part of the community so i applied um, and I had no expectations, but somehow, somehow I got a call from Craig Milroy, lovely Craig. He's the, <laughs> I, which is, he's the, you know, the, the director, he's the main, the main the PRL man, man. PRL man, um, I got a call from him, which I didn't answer because I was too afraid. Um, <laughs> and, I back, and he said, I'd got the CA ship, which was amazing. Um, and that was last spring. So yeah, I guess I'm a quarter, a little over a quarter into the CA ship. And even though we haven't had like in-person lab experience yet, it's been really cool helping teach students like virtually and helping teach like design. And like for a lot of the students last quarter, it was like still just as magical, which was really inspiring to see. So that's, that's how I ended up here. I also would never have guessed even junior year that I would ever be a CA. So life wild. 
Yeah. I want to kind of dig into that though on, uh, you know, you saying junior year, you wouldn't have thought that you would have become a CA for the PRL because as you were describing your ME203 course journey and how you would ask for questions and ask for help and build these relationships with the, the CAs at that time, it seems like your confidence went up throughout the quarter. Like at the beginning, it was a little like, oh, with these structured labs and, and recalling from the time when I took it and Alec, maybe you can chime in on this, that intro machining course and design course, there's almost two trajectories that can happen in people's makers journeys, I feel where either their confidence boosts up and it's like, yay, this is awesome. And I'm kind of hooked or they can end up even more scared and then like kind of retreat almost entirely. And I think that's something that's happening kind of with engineers these days is this fear with the tools and the making and things like that to a certain extent. So would you say yours like posit had a positive trend of like consistently increasing after or even throughout 203 and then onwards, which like got you to eventually be like, heck yeah, I'm going to like go for it and send it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had zero confidence at the beginning. I was like, I'm going to mess this up. And I did mess a lot of things up um, in the beginning, but then I realized, you know, you can always just do it again. I don't know how many magnifying glasses I made um, before I ended up with, with the, with the version I turned in. So like learning that mistakes were like, okay and expected and like very common was definitely like a big part of it. Also like particular CAs that I worked with were just really inspiring. They like encouraged me to like, just like go for things and like Mm -hmm. not be like so afraid basically. Okay, so basically a CA told me like, don't be a chicken. She told me straight up, (laughs) don't be a chicken. Um, I was being a chicken, like trying to to dremel something. And I was like, oh, I don't want to mess this up. I'm going to take it slow and nothing was working. And she was like, no, like, you know, logically like this will work. Um, so that has stuck with me since then. Love it. And yeah, af- after that class, I continued to take some more classes. Um, and I realized that like the people who like, like work on things in the PRL, I always thought were like super next level. Like I could never achieve that. Like they knew something that I didn't. It was also true. We learned from each other. But then I realized, you know, like we're all sort of going on our own journeys um, in this making process and everyone's sort of valid in that way and anyone can really make something if they try the resources are all there so like I have just as much of place in the PRL as like anyone else that was really impactful and so that kind of that also kind of played a role in like my decision to to CA because I just like remembered how like terrified I was of the PRL and everything in it and like of the general design process which I knew nothing about so I kind of want to like be there for students like me who have no confidence and hopefully try to build that up. Cause yeah, I, I like this trajectory a little better than the, I hate making things tools are terrible trajectory, which is, which is also super valid, but I want to, I want to steer people towards, towards higher confidence. So yeah, definitely some of the CAs have been my inspiration for that so far. In your journey, were there things that stood out to you that you appreciated more so about your maker's education compared to things that you, you know, disliked. And that experience for everyone varies so much. Like you already mentioned, like, you know, you had great CAs that you got to interact with, but you know, maybe that's not the case all the time for some people, but like, what were the top things you enjoyed in the program? Um, And which ones kind of threw you off or made you more weary about, you know, becoming a maker and designing? 
I don't know, maybe this is really generic, but I just like the teaching. I think like the PRL uh, affiliated courses just have great teaching. And especially even, even more so nowadays, um, since like there's not much in-person lab access, we like double down on our coaching. So like, like not only does ME 103, 203 have coaching, most of the other ME classes that were PRL classes have coaching groups, which is kind of new. Um, getting more like attention and like interaction and like feedback, like a lot of feedback I really loved. Um, and then just like really, really engaging like teachers, lecturers, and professors. So I've loved that. What I haven't liked, it's just little things. I was not a fan of the cost of mechanical engineering. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah it yeah, kind of threw me off. It was like, oh, you have to pay not only for PRL access for like the quarter or the year, uh, but also for like all your materials for everything that you'll make in this class and any other class. And some of the other classes had like, like an additional course fee. Luckily this year, they're starting to get rid of that. So we'll theoretically, like if we were in person, like there would be no PRL fee um, for students. And then like we're sending out kids to students. A lot of the classes are, and those are free of charge. That's amazing. So, which is, which is lovely. So yeah. I'm glad that they're finally getting on the right track with like funding and things, because I've heard that some people like chose not to major in ME just because of that cost. It's one of like the most expensive majors. Um, and it definitely like made me question why, why things were that way. Um, it was just very weird um, to have to like think about like the financial cost of like pursuing knowledge when like for other majors, it's basically just like, you know, you just take the classes. Um, so that was, that was a thing, but I'm glad it's being like improved so much. Another small thing is that classes are just hard to get into. I just got rejected from silversmithing. Oh no. I'll say, I would say I'm over it. Um, I'm not over it. <laughs> Let it out, vent, vent, vent here to us. I'll get over it. Uh, I know like, you know, they're prioritizing people who can take it next year and I'll be here next year, but yeah, they really could have like, they really, I don't know. They could have taken in 24 people. I was four on the I was number four on the wait list. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll never forget that, but but I'll get over it one day. Um, so some of these classes are hard to get into and they kind of wreck your four-year plan or your, I guess, your full-term plan if you don't get in one quarter. Um, and it's sort of just accepted that, you know, I need this to graduate, but also I might not get in, um, which is <laughs> a little tough. Um, understandable given like physical space in lab and or like funding for kids um, nowadays. Uh, but definitely disappointing. I, I feel okay saying this on record because I'm graduated now, but on, <laughs> on all those applications, I was always graduating that quarter. Like, <laughs> like, I, silver. like I need this to graduate this quarter. <laughs> and then I just like wrote down. You gotta like, just put it down. This is, this is actually my last day here. I've been I trying to graduate. I've been trying to graduate three years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> last chance I should have done that I would have felt that I was like oh this is not my last year but I can't really take it next year so like this is my last chance and I think that's the only reason I ended up on the wait list because like no other first year CAs even got to the wait list like no one who like wasn't about to graduate got this so I'm like mm-hmm. proud of making it to the bottom <laughs> um 
There's no prizes for people at the bottom, Yam. It doesn't count. You're not going to be in the class. Yeah, yeah. It's the little things. It's the, you know, the little wins, even though I lost. Um, But the next year, maybe. Yeah, that was definitely, that's a time. Um, What else? Maybe, yeah, okay, another last thing. This is like a love, hate, a mostly love thing. So, so I guess like in the first few quarters of like Emmy that I was taking like those intro classes, we'd learn about very technical things like um, force analysis and like stress and strain and all that. And, you know, doing like FEA and like, and very, very specific things. And then like in the PRL, it was just sort of like, well, you know, try it out. And if it doesn't work, like, it's like make it a little thinner or something. <laughs> make it like a little thicker. Uh, fun story for ME 112, which is, uh, what's it called? Mechanical, mechanical system design. Or yeah. Design yeah, system. yeah. With Steve Collins, we had that, um, that beam assignment where we had to like support a load on this Oh, now, the cantilever thing? Yeah, some kind Something. of cantilever, some yeah, variation. We, we took it like the year before Steve Collins took over. So I think oh. we just have like a completely different, literally a complete different 112 experience. Who, who was our instructor? Oh, what, 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 why am I forgetting that man's name? Mark Wahlberg. With that <laughs> it was a Mark, though. Mark, Mark Chapali. Kukoski. Kukoski, right? yeah. Isn't that what I said? Yeah, yeah. Wahlberg, Kukoski, same thing, really. Yeah, okay. So I took it with Collins, like, right in the thick of me, like, getting to PRL stuff. And I, I had no clue what I was doing. I was, like, making random shapes. And I was like, everyone else had this, like, sort of V-shaped thing. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll just do that. Um, and then I'll just make it a little thinner. Um, and I wasn't that good at CAD at that point. So like my holes weren't very evenly spaced at the ends. So it was kind of like, like at the end, it was a little wider and like the hole was off center. Um, and I was like, oh, well it needs to be, it needed to maximize strength to mass ratio, like minimum mass for, for whatever amount of load it could take. Um, so I did basically no real calculations on this. Um, just turned in an FEA and I was like, okay, this seems good. And I won, I won with that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, my design was the lowest mass um, that carried the weight. And other people who done these calculations, they, I guess they, they did not win. Um, so I guess, yeah, the PRL sort of like gave you this attitude of, you know, just, just do things by eye and like, just feel it out. It'll probably work out, which is kind of what's, what's done in engineering, like in the field sometimes. Um, but also it's good to know like the technical details and like how, yeah, those specifics. So I feel like I could get, like there could be a little more focus on that maybe, or maybe I should just pursue that in, in other classes, which I'm trying to do. But I've definitely gotten a little lazier on that front in the last few years, uh, basically choosing like the fuzziest version of, of Emmy I could find. Um, the artsiest version and just feeling it out, which has been great fun. But yeah, I think you're 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 offering a lot of comfort to uh, listeners as far as what to expect of future engineers, people who don't actually calculate anything and just send shit out into the world and be work. like, it'll work. Your Test car will out. <laughs> If it doesn't work, you know, make it thinner. Make thicker. it thinner. Yeah, you know. Would you say that characterizes your style as a CA? Because you did also mention a previous 
uh, one of your CAs being like, oh, you know, stop being, uh, I, don't, I forgot the word. Yeah, go be a chicken. Come be a chicken. Yeah. Camille, if you know her. Wow. What's her oh, last yeah, name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Her not? Her not? pronounce it. Yeah, something like that. Wow. They're, yeah, great CAs. So it, it, have you kind of adopted that mindset or what's kind of your style when you're talking to PRL students as a CA? Yeah, hmm. let's see. For me, like for this, or I guess I'm a, I've been a CA for ME 103 and 203, which are like the same class now. And we've really been emphasizing meaning. Um, so like I've kind of been like focusing on that and then like focusing on like the positive things like the positive aspects of like their design or like how those like sort of relate to like themselves as a person. Um, Cause a lot of students were like not very confident about their like ability to like design things or to generate ideas, but they had great ideas. And I know like I totally felt the same way when I was a student. So as my style has sort of been encouraging them to like be themselves in like their design process in like in whatever they choose to make and find something that really holds meaning to them. Hopefully one day I'll be able to tell a student not to be a chicken. Like one day in the physical lab, I'll be like, just travel it out, do it. It's not very risky. It's not a very dangerous endeavor, um, which is which is nice. You know, no, no one can get hurt doing CAD. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I will say also, like not only has, has this like, attitude like benefited me and Emmy, but like in all aspects of life like I asked myself am I being a chicken what has meaning to me things like that like can I do this oh wait yeah I totally can like being especially in the product realization like track that's really giving me like a lot of confidence and just like day-to-day -day life and in just like being a person growing in this world uh yeah. which is it's a lifestyle. It's it's, it's, it's everything. It really is. Making is a lifestyle. Yeah, no chickens around here. No chickens around. <laughs> I gotta embrace this. You've inspired me. I want to be a better, better everything now with this speech. You gotta pass it on. <laughs> Don't be a chicken. That'd be a sick sticker. Do you have access to room thirty six? Laser cut something says, "Don't be a chicken." Some people. There are people who do. You know. Yeah. It's, what are things looking like right now during the pandemic? You know, kids can't get hurt on machines because all they're doing is CAD. Worst they get is uh, some wrist issues because they're on the mouse too long. The ergonomics uh, are... Ergonomics, you know, that's silent, that a valid Silent injury. but deadly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like how are students doing? Do you, you mentioned like 203 and getting to be in the PRL as being like, this magical experience. Yeah. Um, and it's still magical, you said, for like current students, but like, yeah, if you could describe the situation for them and maybe like what they're losing out on by not getting to be in the PRL, but also what they're sort of gaining now with this unique circumstance that they're in. Totally, great question. So I thought like last spring, I, I really, I guess everyone thought, you know, we'll be back to normal by August, easy. Um, as we now know, that is not the case. So yeah, there've been a lot of changes to things since then. Um, last quarter, so fall quarter, um, we had both ME 103 and 203. So two, they're like the same class, but 203 is just like what grad students enroll in. And so that was conducted completely online. Dave, Dave Beach had recorded lecture videos, very engaging, even when they recorded. Love it. 
but the graduate students were actually allowed to come to campus for those structured labs, but they were like very, very modified labs. Like they were like confined to that four hour slot. So they wouldn't have to work on it outside of that. Um, and so those kind of, they had like, they kind of got like delayed for like various reasons, like COVID and then like the smoke um, in September, um, but eventually they got done um, very modified, very, very like the minimum amount of machining, like they got to drill a couple holes and like sand something, I think, uh, very minimal. But they also said like, that was one of the most impactful parts of the course for them, which is very interesting. Um, otherwise, uh, there was no real in-person aspects. We all, we mailed them all prototyping kits, like all the students, which had like a card, various cardboard materials, like I think a couple dowels or, like little wooden tubes, hot glue guns, um, like cutting mats, like X-Acto knives. Um, so little prototyping kits um, for their rapid prototyping. And, and then we also had our P 3D printer initiative headed by Steve Collins, the same Steve Collins. Um, so everyone in like every undergrad in a mechanical engineering course in like one of the approved ones um, received and continues to receive like a free 3D printer, like just like one per student for like their classes. So they've gotten to use that to prototype as well. Uh, so we've kind of like been working our way around things though. They've been able to like prototype things and like design things. Uh, but I will say like, it's one thing to like make something on CAD or to sketch something. And it, it's very challenging too, but like, it's hard to know if it'll actually work in like, like, and you can even make an operation sequence to like, like to discuss like how it would be manufactured, but there's so many little intricacies that you can't really tell until you're actually in the lab doing it physically. Um, and that was a major challenge for, especially for the undergrads who weren't able to come into lab at all. They had just like the most like abstract, like knowledge about like how a mill works and like how a lathe work, uh, works. And like, you can watch, you know, however many videos you want um, and get the general gist but there's, there's just so many like little things like cutting oil or like, will this fit on the machine or will this end mill, will the, will the tool chuck like hit the material before like you get to the, to the depth you want uh -huh. or is this material too tough to, to machine? <laughs> Everyone was using stainless steel. I don't know why. These kids um, go with aluminum. You don't need steel <laughs> unless you're trying to support the biggest damn thing. Really <laughs> character by breaking tools I did that into a three I used stainless steel I broke um my coach's end mill and I felt terrible oh, about no. it um, but I learned my lesson I learned my lesson and so you can I can tell these stories to people but it's, it's one thing telling the stories and it's another thing like having the the power and like to, to do that yourself so so that's something they're missing out on and then just like the joy of making your own physical product like the joy of holding it in your hands and saying to yourself, mm -hmm. I made this, which I really hope they do get one day, hopefully next year. Like I had a lot of juniors, hopefully we'll get some in-person um, work next year. But but so far they've been like doing great on their designs. Um, we're doing like a lot more focus on like meaning um, and making sure their CAD is really strong, um, which is like just as important as an engineer. So um, I'm glad we're still making things work and it's still a fun course to, to CA and to coach. Yeah. It's awesome. Are you still running small groups? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, how, how's that journey been? Because I always hear these horror stories of, you know, getting into the Zoom meeting and everyone's cameras are off and it's difficult to really uh, breach oh, that yeah. technological boundary because you were talking so much about finding meaning. It seems like a small group and in my experience as well was very emotional and you know, relied on face-to-face -face interactions a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we actually had that as part of training. Uh, we had little scenarios <laughs> where like we'd be leading a coaching group and like everyone would have their have their cameras off and they'd be all distracted. Great fun. Um, luckily <laughs> that hasn't happened. So yeah, so so we'd still do coaching. It's still actually very fun. We still have so you know we just like set norms at the beginning. Um, everyone's cameras are on. Um, I really try to encourage people to ask questions and to like give feedback, especially positive feedback for like their fellow coaches. And I like want to help like make that like a fun environment because for, for me, two or three coaching was just so much fun. I loved everyone in my group. And like, we still saw each other around campus and said hi, and it was great. Um, and so like, we've actually still been able to get similar vibes. Uh, I start every, every coaching session with a fun poll, great Ooh. fun, things like, was my best pull oh like if you're oh it's great okay if you're stuck in an elevator with like some entity and you have like a slingshot like a can of like spray paint a couple stones and then something else like who would you want to be stuck in that elevator with um we got a lot of great answers sparrows geese like hippos stuff like that um really fun questions <laughs> get them at the beginning <laughs> um have i have a nice, nice case of questions and um i really like encourage people to just to just like speak out, like letting them sit in silence for a couple moments really encourages people to like actually say something when I ask for, for questions or like feedback or anything. And and I like how they're like small enough where it's pretty casual um, and we can give like nice design advice and we can have like our own Slack group. Um, and things things got pretty fun last quarter and, and my coaching groups this quarter are also very cool, very great students. So So it's been a good time. Yeah, no, that's cool. Those are fun questions. You're gonna have to send me a list of those questions. Those are good, good, uh, good icebreakers right there. When will I meet a group of people again? Who knows? But when that time comes, I would love to have your questions. Zoom polls are everything. They're everything. Oh, love it. One of the joys of technology. Do you? Oh wait, first question. What year were you born? Yeah. Wait, I was. <laughs> <laughs> my star sign 1998 okay you're cool then um i'm <clears throat> cool sweet okay i'm in i'm hip okay do you notice any difference generationally in these new kids that are coming because i realized like as soon as alex and i left like it was like gen z just took over <laughs> campus it was like these kids be born after 2000 i'm like you're from a different millennium who are you <laughs> are there any differences that you see either like socially or the way they interact with the PRL and their education, um, just because they're they'd be the digital age of people. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure I'm also Gen Z. Like it's fuzzy. I think I'm like, like the old. Like I heard it's 1997. I heard that's the cutoff. But like, I don't feel like even. I heard we're the flex generation. That's what I heard. I am. Um, not to brag. I feel um, like that was. I feel like your generation gave yourself that name, flex generation. That's the most that's very appropriate word. <laughs> that's fitting that's us um so far no yeah things have been they've been pretty similar I think just because 
last quarter I had a lot of grad students mm. who were like older than me um mm -hmm. so they were cool um and then I also had a lot of juniors who were like not that much younger than me um I think like after that sophomores and below are just a whole like a mystery it's like a <laughs> yeah I led spot last year in my freshman like I, I knew 10 freshmen that year and they were just on a whole other level um talking about TikTok and and I just all these yeah. all these things. not owning Facebook accounts at all yeah that too they were never on Facebook um they, they were like Snapchat's not in or something <laughs> or it isn't I've heard different things um yeah but, but yeah these these slightly older kids are uh more or less the same okay yeah we'll have to do a catch-up episode where we where you do end up getting these kids and then just seeing yeah strap in for next year when you start getting them as juniors yeah. i'll be out of my element yeah you're gonna have to start reading up on what's hip nowadays yeah i really don't i don't know the terms like i i feel so old you're gonna you're gonna have to make some like sick machining tiktoks for them you know oh yeah true. that's how to get them involved that's how to interest them yeah that gotta be it give her the structured labs yeah, five tiktoks in a row five tiktoks in a row each below like 15 seconds that's attention span about yeah <laughs> it's a new age wow well thank you so much for for your time um and we're gonna end on our traditional three rapid fire questions yeah okay ready. i didn't know this was tradition so so wow i i feel unprepared <laughs> I'll best. don't worry okay I'll start things off. If you're stuck in an elevator with a slingshot, spray paint, some stones, who would you want to be in there with you? Man, um, I think I would have chosen, I had I had a choice of four four baby minotaurs. That was one of the options. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I would choose that because they're babies. Mm. I don't think they're they're that coordinated. I don't think they're very strong. I think I could confuse them enough to win um so you could yeah. probably kick them too if they're tiny yeah you probably could i'd feel bad but then like would i want to die no. yeah no. no we're kicking minotaurs That's yeah what we're doing. a quick follow-up question with that is a baby minotaur with a calf head and a baby body or a baby body with a fully grown bull head or vice versa is <laughs> it's a calf head on a fully grown baby's human body scary. but you know if it was the baby's body it wouldn't be able to support its head, right? Sure. So um, I've got the upper hand there. Yeah. <laughs> See, the funny thing is that's realistic. Babies can't actually support their own head. I think yeah. like yeah. human they, them heads too too thick. Like like minotaurs, I, like how long does it take them? Like two years? Who knows? Like I <laughs> Yeah, different different muscle development. We'll have to read up on the bio on the, on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Second question. What is one of your uh, favorite materials to work with uh, when building, either from like ease or like aesthetics, whether that's like woods or metals, anything? Like, do you have a, a material you like a lot? Wood, definitely wood. I like. I haven't done much in wood, or I guess this this last over winter break, I was at this goat farm and we like got to build stuff out of wood. Yeah, long story. It was very fun. Um, we got to like build some stuff outside out of wood. Um, loved it. I did part of my two or three projects from wood. It wasn't even a necessary part. I didn't even have time, but I told my coach, like, 
this is the dream I must achieve. And he was like, okay, it's a reach goal. And I was like, I must achieve the dream. <laughs> and I achieved the dream. I made this part out of wood. Um, just so much easier to work with than metal. And it's just so you can use hand tools too. You can use like big, like belt sanders. You can like make things in like organic shapes. Um, I definitely want to get more into woodworking um, in like this next year. Uh, it's just a very natural it's the closest I can get to nature while being like in the PRL. Mm -hmm. Honestly, same woodworking is where it's at. Um, and then finally, intentionally vague question. What have you made that you're most proud of? What have I made that I'm most proud of? Uh, wait, uh, ooh, okay. I'm gonna take this the, <laughs> I'm gonna take this the poetic route, Do okay? Yeah. I made some really great friendships yeah. over the last like few years both like in my major, um, but then also in Camp Kesem, which is like a completely different like, like subject. Oh yeah. Um, and even during quarantine, I was able to like strengthen like friendships with people, which have, which has been lovely. Yeah. And I think that that's just been like really meaningful now um, since there's not really much that we can make in person, but like friendships don't have to be in person. Um, they can span many, many miles. Um, and that is something I'm proud of, like having prioritized over the past couple of years. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that was poetic. <laughs> that was poetic. The real bottle openers are the friendships that we made along the way. Exactly. My <laughs> bottle opener barely worked. <laughs> I still have it. It was such a train wreck. But I grew. Yeah. Here we have it. <laughs> <laughs>